Welcome to Church 213. We're so glad you're listening to our sermon series titled Summer in the Psalms, where Pastor Ryan will walk us through the Psalms and how we can use them as godly reflections to look backward, look around, and look forward to strengthen our walk with God. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church from a different angle. But what I do want to say before I start is uh, I don't often get the chance to say it. I say it to them a ton, but I don't say it to y'all often enough, but worship team, just amazing. I'm so glad that God given me the opportunity to be their leader. <clears throat> it has been a fun, fun ride. But good morning. Uh, 11 years ago when I walked into this church or trailers back then, I didn't know it would bring me here, but a SpongeBob says, I'm ready. <laughs> but so this morning, we are continuing our series, Summer in the Psalms. And so I'll be in Psalm 23 this morning. Uh, I know that there are a few of you that I could probably point to and you could recite this in your sleep. But for those of you who don't know it, you're in the right place because we're going to learn it this morning. We're going to be glad in it and we're just going to have a fantastic morning as we break down the word. <clears throat> but before I was saved, my father used to make us recite this psalm morning and night. And back then I had no idea why. But I guess it's because 20 plus years in the future, God will have me preaching on it. <laughs> but, but it's a great reminder to know that, you know, as you go to sleep, before you go to sleep and before you wake up, you know, it, it puts you at rest and then it wakes you up ready to take on whatever the day has for you because you never know what the day can have. And Psalm 23 just covers everything, you know, you, and, and it's everywhere, you know, you see Psalm 23 on home decor, you hear it at funerals, you hear it in songs, you, you hear it in movies, you're hearing it this morning. Uh, Psalm 23 is everywhere because it covers everything. It covers who we are as Christ followers, it covers who Christ is, and everything in between. So Psalm 23 is a psalm of confidence. There's about nine psalms out of 150 that's psalms of confidence because the Psalms are broken up within the Psalter into different types. Um, Pastor Ryan's done a few Psalms of Ascent. Uh, this morning we're doing a Psalm of Confidence. And uh, what this is, is it was a Psalm of Confidence for God's people to have confidence in Him and what He has done for them already to the point where they're at and what He'll continue to do through them into the future. And it's a Psalm of Confidence for us, you know, because Life isn't peachy keen every day, and I'm sure we all know it. I mean, that's why we're here, right? Broken people around other broken people for the one that is whole and makes us whole. So another thing is that Psalm 23 is packed full of imagery. And as we know historically who David was, what he did, what he did before he was king was he was a shepherd's boy, right? So he had a ton of sheep that he would be the shepherd to. And then he became a king and he was shepherd to his people. So it's no different, 
or no, no uh, surprise that God would use someone who was a shepherd to sheep to write a psalm about God being the shepherd to sheep. Um, and, and the sheep, that's you and me. You know, we read God's word because it's to us. It's not about us. It's to us. So <clears throat> we can see in Psalm 23, David's explaining to the Israelites that the sheep, that God is the good shepherd. The Lord is the good shepherd. And for us to experience the fruitfulness of our faith, we should get this one idea down. We are more sheep-like than you know. And I have a video that I'm going to play to further prove that point. We are more sheep-like than we know. (laughs) And that's your first point, uh, because what we believe about sheep is that sheep are dumb, but the truth is sheep aren't dumb, they're dependent. That video might not do much help to back me up on that, but... But as we go through, we'll see uh, the truth in that. Some of y'all might be saying, I ain't no sheep, I ain't dumb. I'm not calling you dumb. I'm just calling you, like I said, a broken person who does broken things, myself included. (laughs) Uh, The idea, actually, of, of sheep being dumb is actually a new idea. George Washington has a quote, and I'll read it real quick. It says, if the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Now, through a 200-year game of telephone, that made us believe that sheep are just dumb. But like we just said, the truth is sheep aren't dumb, they're dependent. So same with me as we read Psalm 23, and we can kickstart our morning with this psalm. We're in the CSB, not the uh, KJV. So if you know it like that, then that's fine, but we're uh, being modern this morning. (laughs) Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen indeed. Hallelujah, Dink. Say it in Spanish. (laughs) So point number one. Sheep depend on the shepherd's voice because they can't help themselves. And so we're, our first point, we're going to sit on Psalm 23, 1 through 3. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right, the right path for his namesake. <clears throat> and we also can jump further ahead into the future, and we can see in John 27, the words of Jesus, he says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. 
So right now we're going to sit a little bit and see what some of us might have the idea of what the staff, the rod and the staff and how a shepherd actually gets their sheep. You know, a shepherd's not constantly like, he might be if he's got some boneheaded sheep, but for the most part, the sheep listen to the voice. Um, and it, that comes into play because in Near East, uh, in ancient Near East, um, the landscape was not just green and abundant lush, green grass, green trees and water just constantly flowing. The shepherd would have to take his flock out to go get what they need. So <clears throat> along the way, you know, he would use his voice to get the sheep to come along. And then that's where the rod and the staff come into play. Because I know some of you have probably experienced it or your children have experienced it. The staff is that little gift you give your kids when you go, one, two, three. Right? That's the staff. But that was kind of a last-ditch effort. It wasn't about just constantly pulling and pulling and pulling. If you know, The shepherd would always use his voice, just as Jesus uses his voice, just as the Lord uses his voice. You know, the sheep listen to the shepherd, and they're guided by his voice. The rod was used to count the sheep, defend the sheep, and to give them a light tap. And then, if none of that worked, then you get the one, two, three countdown. You know, you're in the grocery store, you get that one, two, three countdown. The sheep are off, you get that one, two, three countdown. Same thing applies. You know, imagery that we see in Scripture is, is so prevalent today because the Word is living and active. So anything that we can think of and that we can see that David uses in here and in tons of other psalms. I mean, this psalm itself is sandwiched in between two psalms that are called shepherd psalms because the imagery is just how we should live our lives as, as Christians. Um, should be sheep listening to the shepherd's voice. Now, church, where do we hear from the Lord? How do we hear from the Lord? The Bible, the Word, His Word is the water of life. It's the abundant green grass that the, shep that the sheep were going and being taken to. We have it. We have it right here. We have it in a book. We have it all over the place. We can surround ourselves by it because at the end of the day, you can find yourself just out in the wilderness needing the staff because you haven't been in here. You haven't followed along with the voice. You know, our, our faith should be that of a sheep constantly going after the voice, looking for the voice, waiting for the voice, not saying, oh, I'm going to go over here, do what I want to do. I'm going to go squirrel moment. And then we need the staff and the Lord's like this. <laughs> you know, we want to be, be going forward towards the word. Um, and our faith must be that of a sheep who does the same until the staff comes into play. <clears throat> but what Pastor Ryan said a few weeks ago in one of his messages is that the Lord is not sleeping on us. He's not just, you know, dozing off and not paying much attention. He's waiting. He's, he's there you know, it's not that we have to wait on Him. You know, most of the time what we have to do is we, have, we do have to wait. We have to be willing to wait, but we have to be willing to listen. Because if we are the ones who fall asleep, if we are the ones who don't pay attention, if we are the ones who get off to the wayside, then we don't, we don't have that access to the Word. And then the rod comes, the staff comes. But be intentional. Be intentional to listen 
because right in the next part of life could be those green fields, could be those waters. It could be everything that we've been looking for and waiting for, but be intentional. Next thing that goes into sheep not being able to help themselves is that most animals lick their wounds or they just self-clean. You know, and it's no surprise to y'all, I'm a cat man. Uh, I've worn the cat, uh, cat dad shirt, cat dad sweater. I've, I've had it on up here. I post my cats every now and then. Um, but it's not my fault, okay? I fell in love with a cat lady. And when two people fall in love, they get married and they have cats, all right? And that's where I find myself today. But I love it. And sometimes I'll sit there and I'll watch my cats just lick themselves for what feels like eternity. I mean, sometimes I'll have the leg up and they'll just be licking and then they'll lick in their stomach. I'm like, Lord, thank you for making me a human. <laughs> because some of the places that they lick, I'm just like, soap and water, thank you. <laughs> but sheep don't. Sheep don't do that. Sheep don't lick their wounds, they don't self-clean, so their whole care is entirely in the hands of the shepherd. Everything that they need is in the hands of the shepherd. I even was looking for a picture of, of the table that David mentions later on, and I saw like a contraption that a, sheep, a shepherd uses to hold the sheep down, and it's like, a, it's like a rolling silver table that collapses on the sheep so they don't move. <laughs> so I'm like... Lord, you, I, I mean, he knows. This is why we have this imagery here of the sheep, because they need everything done for them. And that's how we should live our lives. It's not about sheep being dumb. It's not about sheep, you know, you don't want that characterization put on yourself. You don't want to say, oh, I'm a sheep. I don't want to be a sheep. But isn't it better to give your life, to give all your needs and all your cares? It's been kind of the message that I was kind of going through with the songs to the one who created everything that we see and have and know, why would we want to carry that on our, on our own? It, it's just, I mean, I, I'm the same way, you know. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll say, I'll look at my bills and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. I'll look at other things like, man, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I got to figure it out. And I'm sure y'all, y'all have things like that too. It's like you just, you want to get stuff done on your own. You want to make ends meet. You want to be the person that solves the problem. But we don't have to do that. And that's exactly what David's going, and going on about in this whole entire psalm. You know, David's explaining everything from the sheep's point of view because that's what we should be like. We should rely on the shepherd for all of our care, for everything. Because he's the good shepherd. So let's look at John 10, 14. And we can see Jesus himself affirming that. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And that is a promise from the mouth of the good shepherd. Because everything that we need should be put in his hands. And, and scripture further reiterates that when we see Romans 5, 6 through 11. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps, someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we see there 
that we're helpless, we're sinners, but Christ paid the price, and we're free in him and him alone. There's, you know, there's no other way, John 14, 6. Now, we can't save ourselves, and I think that when we, when we realize that, when we understand that, there's that weight that we've been talking about. That was a big theme in, in camp, the weight. We don't have to carry that. All we have to do is be the sheep of the shepherd. So let's go on to point two. Be sheep are afraid of the dark. <clears throat> sheep depend on the shepherd because they are afraid of the dark. So when I was younger, I have four sisters, three of them which are older. So I've been through some stuff. I was always the fall guy doing some crazy things. I mean, when they would put me down on a, tie me to some bed cloths, put me down and bring me up to get some snacks in the middle of the night, all the way down the steps. But this particular time, for some reason, I don't know why, but for some few years in elementary school, I'd find myself sleeping in one of my sister's rooms. And I would sleep on the floor in between both their beds. And... I would be the person in charge of turning the lights off. And I don't know why, because now I think about it, my, bed, my sister's bed was right there by the light switch. So she just had to lean up, turn it off, and lay back down. But it was on me, I guess, you know, the man, the man, right? I'm the man. So what would happen was I would roll my blanket back this way, and I would get up, go over to the light switch, and you got to lean. You're trying to spend as little bit of time in the dark as possible, right? So you lean, so as soon as you flip it, but the blanket has to be flipped right, it has to be flipped over, so as soon as you come back, flip the light switch, run, dive, alligator roll, you're, you're covered, you're good, nothing can hurt you, right? Sorry, I said alligator, I know that's not welcome here, but, <laughs> but you got to do the alligator death roll, get under them blankets, and you're safe from the dark, the dark cannot get you, that's the logic of a child, right? So, <clears throat> sheep don't like the dark. They don't like being led into the darkness. They don't like being in any form of darkness because they, for one thing, they have poor depth, depth perception already, so the darkness makes it even worse. Um, but let's just say they're just scaredy cats, scaredy sheep. Um, so we see in verse 4, David writes, Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, in the KJV, we read, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil. So, church, when the, historically, when we see that the valley of the shadow of death, they're talking about, because in those times, death was the worst thing. And still today, you know, apart from Christ, death is the worst thing that, that can happen. So, I ask you, can we overcome death? on our own. No. Has someone overcome death? So that's why he paints the picture, because someone has overcome death, and he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil. And he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So let's look at a picture of a rod and a staff that a shepherd would use. And something else, if you want to take note to it, uh, to just see how, how good God works all things out, is that the Hebrew word for rod is actually Shebet or Sebet. They would use both words. Sebet is actually the number seven in Hebrew, and it also, it's also where they get the word scepter from. 
And who else holds a scepter? A king. So that's just a, you know, it's a free little note there you can jot down. So that's what the rod would look like, and that's what the staff would look like. And he would use both if need be. Um, and that's where he's saying that we find our comfort because if we're in the valley of the shadow of death and the Lord has his rod fighting off the danger for us, we should fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. We find comfort in his word because in his word there's life, in his word there's freedom, in his word there's a promise. Right, church? There is a promise that, that he has overcome death, that he is preparing a place for us, and that we, we have that promise of eternal life if we do exactly what Braden did this morning. You know, if we fill that water up and we go through it, we have that promise. You know, but <clears throat> it's also not just death, but it's other things. You know, we see the other translations um, that we have here. Uh, even when I walk through the darkest valley, you know, and sometimes we, we, want, we want the Lord to just get us out as quick as possible of any situation. But that doesn't always come. And just like, just like the Psalms, you know, the, the majority of Psalms in the Psalter are Psalms of lament. You know, it's not about us serving a God who is constantly, you know, who is constantly redeeming, but it's us serving a God who is the Redeemer, that it's not that He's going to take us out of our circumstance, because the one circumstance that He's taken us out of and can take us out of is death, eternity. So we're not always going to have what we want as far as, oh, the Lord has given me this, the Lord has, has given me that, I prayed and He took this away. It's the fact that, God, my confidence is in You, your will be done, whichever way it comes out to be, whatever way it plays out. And that's the confidence that we should have in him. We don't always evade those things, but we walk with him nonetheless. And the next point, point number three, is that sheep depend on the shepherd for their security. For their security. So we've been speaking on how the Lord provides protection, but the Lord also provides preparation. He goes before us. We sing songs about it all the time. We read scripture about it all the time, how he goes ahead before us. You know, <clears throat> so that's that feast that David's talking about, the journey to the feast. So I'm going to read something here, what, what I thought was very interesting. Uh, so just buckle up and put your thinking caps on, and let's Let's ride back in time to the ancient Near East and how the shepherd would prepare this place for his sheep. Because it wasn't always, the sheep wouldn't always eat out and go to these places in the spring and the fall. You know, the spring and the fall, they'd usually be on their normal grazing lands. But in the summer, most of that stuff would dry up and they would have to be taken further out. So in ancient Near East, the shepherd wouldn't just mindlessly and carelessly take his flock to any pasture. He would go before his sheep and prepare a place for them. Does that sound familiar? Right? The shepherd would take a couple of journeys to the land where he planned for his flock to graze that summer. On his first journey, a shepherd's first scouting mission occurred early in the spring. 
on this journey, the shepherd identified the most promising tablelands. So as we see later on, we see the Lord prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Um, He selected a path that would provide forage, water, protection for the sheep on their journey. The climb itself can be made easier by choosing gentle inclines, uh, gradual elevation gains. The shepherd would estimate the distance his flock could cover each day and plan out camps and bedding grounds. His favorite places that were safe, enclosed, and and sheltered. Places where he could ensure the sheep would rest, where he could protect them from predators. The shepherd made a second scouting trip. Later, at that point, he would determine which essential minerals and salts the sheep needed that weren't available. He'd carry those minerals and salts with him, placing them strategically along the range. On this second journey, the shepherd would keep his eye out for poisonous plants and weeds so that they could be removed or circumvented. The sheep would also recheck the bedding grounds and ensure drinking places were ready. He would open up springs overgrown with grass and clotted with leaves. He'd repair small earthen dams so they could hold water. He'd make sure each day his flock had access to a source of pure, clean water. As he made the journey, the shepherd would keep an eye out for predators and their scat, their footprints, their markings, places where the bark had been rubbed off or clawed off of trees and bones from kills. In David's days, shepherds had to contend not just with coyotes and cougars, but bears and even lions. Shepherds also kept a lookout for signs of smaller predators. Adders, for example, are small brown snakes that pop up from holes, biting sheep on the nose when they bend down to eat. So an adder adder wounds would become infected and lead to death. Shepherds scan the ground for adder holes, put oil in them, uh, and then snakes hate the oil so they don't pop up, and it makes it harder for them to to pop up if they do. A shepherd also put oil on the nose of the sheep uh, to ensure that adders that missed, they would just slide off. Uh, In all these ways, the shepherd is preparing the table for the sheep. That all that preparation through the summertime, getting ready for the summertime, he's going before and preparing a place. I mean, we can read all throughout Scripture that he's going before us to prepare a place, that he's going for us to prepare the battle, to turn them over into the hands of the Israelites, that he's going before. And we just have to have, that's this whole psalm is covering. We have to have that faith to say, Lord, you're my shepherd, I'm the sheep, and I'm going to follow you. All that preparation and all, and all that goes into just how great the Lord is because it's not that, like, like David says in here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's not that the enemies were, you know, just there ready to go. It was that I can eat in the presence of my enemies because you are there with me, because you've prepared this place, you've gone before me, you've cleared it out. It's not that the enemies aren't there, you know, those coyotes and and uh, bears and lions, they're still there. But the Lord has prepared a place that's safe for them, that's safe for us. Um, that this is all just how they would do it in their culture. And we can see still today that this applies. You know, we might not be outside every day having to look towards or look out for adders and stuff like that. You know, as, as I say, everything I like to do is inside, so I don't have to worry about it at all. Like, that stuff, this stuff is inside. I'm inside too. So I don't have to worry about it. But if I were outside, I'd be a sheep any day because I'm not clearing none of that stuff out. You know, I don't even cut my own grass. (laughs) Let me stay inside, Lord. Do it. Take it. 
you know, that's, that's how we should live. I'm, I'm, I mean, cut your grass if you want to, but I ain't doing it. You know, the Lord prepares, he prepares a place. So that also goes into the next point. You know, as we see that he prepares a place, we see that he's preparing a table. We see that not only does it end there, but it goes on, as David says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord for as long as I live, that the sheep depend on the shepherd for their future. So just as, you know, we should depend on the Lord for all of what's going on today, what's going to happen in this week, maybe not tomorrow if you got a, if you got a nice little three-day weekend, but as you get thrust back in on Tuesday, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you'll be walking into. You don't know what you'll, what, what's, what's going to be waiting in that brush, but you don't have to worry about it because the Lord has gone before you. That's why we have this promise. That's why we have this psalm. You know, and we see that. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for as long as I live. In Christ, we live for eternity. And that's what he's painting his picture of, is that life apart from Christ is futureless. The life in Christ is limitless. You know, there's nothing that God can't do. We sing that song as well. You know, we have to believe that there's nothing that he can't do. That it's just amazing that we can bring anything to his feet. And although we might not immediately be taken out of the circumstance, we don't have to carry it. That's what this whole entire psalm is about, laying everything down and being a sheep. You know, there's nothing God can't do. There's nothing that you can't bring. We have a good shepherd who goes before us, who anoints our head and calls us his own. So another thing in ancient history, uh, the ancient Hebrew history, um, they would, a host would have to anoint everyone's head with oil, just as he says in here, because there's a reason for every word in here. So just as he said, you anoint my head with oil, because a host would have to anoint every single person that's a guest in their house with oil. And another thing is whoever is marked by that oil, the host would have to defend them with their life, no matter, no matter the circumstance. Once you're a host in their, a guest in their house, you are under the watch of the host for the entire time. And that's, that's the hope that we have here. The Lord, the Lord anoints our head, and we are a guest in His house forever and ever. And He is fighting for us. He is going before us. He is preparing for us. That he, says, that he says right here <clears throat> in John 10, 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. So just as the host lays down his life for the guest, what would the greatest host, the greatest shepherd who anoints your head, what would he do for you? You know, we have a promise even more of that dwelling place that David talks about. In John 14, 1 through 4, he says, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? 
If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I, where I am, you may also be. You know the way to where I'm going. Not everyone is a sheep, to the she- a sheep of the shepherd, but like, we've all said, like I've said this whole morning, Christ is not dozing off. He's not sleeping. He's calling. And isn't that just a weight taken off? Weight, this weight that we keep talking about is just, it's so important because there's been many times, you know, personally for me, where I know that I don't need to carry this, but I'm going to anyways. I want to. There's times right now in your life that, you know, you might be the head of your household and you think that you have to carry everything. Submit to the Lord. Give him everything that you have. And you'll see that once we rely on him as the shepherd, as the sheep, that everything falls in line because that's how we should do it. You know, there's never a moment that Jesus isn't calling. The first coming of Christ was for the access for eternity in a dwelling place, place that we just read about for all eternity. You know, so what lies in the balance for us is our security for the future, our security that we have when we go through the dark, when we go through the valley of the shadow of the death, when we are in those green pastures and the predators are all around, in the presence of our enemies, and we have access to the one who is the greatest shepherd there ever was and ever will be forevermore. You know, we get so accustomed to thinking that the future is years away, that we have all the time in the world to just say, Lord, I'm ready to be a sheep. But the future is now. The future is now. Every second that goes by, the future is now. You know, there's no better time than the present because we are not the curators of the future. You know, all we see is what's right in front of us. All we see is the time. And as it ticks away, we're in it. So why, when we have the opportunity to give everything that we have to the one who sees time, is outside of time, created time, why would we not give everything we have and say, Lord, I'm a sheep. We continue to try to fight our way to the flowing waters, to the green grass, to the pastures, but we don't have to fight because just as I read, that preparation is ongoing. That preparation has already been done and it's going to continue to be worked on so we can give all away to him, the one who can bandage our wounds, the one who knows where the, great, the, the greatest water is, the greenest grass, the one who's overcome the grave, who was nailed to the cross, who bled and died for us to have that access. This morning, church, I just say, don't wait for the tugging of the staff. The prodding of the rod should be enough. The Lord is calling, you know. The altar is open. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness has been bought. 
come and find rest, church. And like I said earlier this morning, that this is not just a place to, for salvation. This is a place to, to give that weight over. To say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. Or maybe you know someone that can't do it anymore. You just say, Lord, you come down and you pray for that person. If you're comfortable in your seat, pray for that person there. But if the Lord is moving, His arms are open wide. Just as the worship team is going to come up and sing, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't He wonderful? So church, I just want to tell you, like it says, you are more sheep-like than you know. And there's no better time to be a sheep or to start acting like a sheep than right now. So stand with me as we pray. Lord, I just thank you for what you've done, what you're continuing to do. Lord, that there's so much imagery all throughout Scripture that we that, that you've put together, that we can use, that we see because you use the imagery of the body because we all have one. Lord, you use the imagery of the sheep because you know the actions of the sheep and you know the actions of, of us. Lord, how intentional you are, Lord, I pray that we also can be that intentional. Lord, I don't know the circumstances, Lord. I don't know what people are carrying. I don't know who needs salvation. I don't know who needs to be a sheep this morning, Lord. But Lord, in this, in this moment, in this time, Lord, I just pray that you open eyes, you open hearts, you prod or you pull. Prod with the rod, pull with the staff. Jesus is calling. The altar is open. Father's arms are open even wider. Lord, have your way. In your name we pray. Amen.